Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of British Columbia. If you listen to this show on the podcast, this is episode 235. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And unfortunately, Zachary Meisenheimer is sick tonight, so he isn't going to make it. Kind of spoils a couple of things that we had planned, but I'm, I'm pretty sure we'll, we'll get across that. We're going to have lots of Whitecaps chat. We're going to talk MLS. We're going to talk some darts as well. We're going to have a darts-themed show. Maybe not as, as dart-themed as I had hoped, because I was going to play darts in the studio with Zach, but that's not going to happen. Yeah, we, you were going to incorporate it in the trivia, which is not going to happen as well. No, but, but we'll, we'll get something going. But I'm, I'm going to keep a little bit of the, the darts theme. What we're going to do is we're going to have a little bit of a darts theme because the 2018 PDC World Dart Championship kicked off on Thursday. Mm. That basically means I am glued to the computer for the next two weeks or so, watching eight hours of darts a day. I can imagine that because I think it goes on for that long. Yeah, I've I've, signed up to Zazone as well because my darts subscription was just ending. It's a good deal. I really recommend it. It's been fantastic. Watched the 49ers game today, been watching darts. And I like it because you don't have to watch it live. You can watch it all and catch up. So that's all fantastic. But I, I thought I'd give us some dart and nicknames because there's some really good dart nicknames out there. For, for Zach, I thought a good name for him would be Zachary the Preacher Meisenheimer. Mm-hmm. Now, when I did play darts back in the day, I was known as the Tiger. And I even brought my darts along with me. Oh. Just showing them up to the microphone Oh, here. these are have a pouch in here. Yeah, the Glenrothes Tiger with my dart flights with tigers on it. We'll tweet out a picture of that. So I'm just going to be the tiger because I, I mauled my opposition. That's why I went with that. F- for you, I thought the panda. Or a lot of people, because my last name is Pander, they thought that it was actually a T in there. So they had me as Panther. There's some really good dart n- nicknames out there. Like, some of my favourite, Mark Frost, he gets called Frosty, Frosty yeah. the Throwman, because oh, he not throws bad. darts. Alan Norris gets called Chuck, because he chucks the darts, yeah. and Chuck Norris. How about the guy with the mohawk that has the snake? Peter Wright, snake bite. Because uh, there's a snake, snake on the bite. side, yeah. Yeah. And my, my favourite nickname 
from years back. There's a Dutch player called Jan Decker. Now, with darts, Decker, you would think he would have gone with the nickname Double. Yeah. Jan Double Decker. That's what he has now. But when he first started out, he went with the nickname of Mr. Coat. And he used to walk down with a big white coat on, a big duffel coat. Because oh. his friends used to say when he bought it, oh, look, here comes Mr. Coat. So he took that as his nickname. D- Dutch humour, I, I guess. I guess so, yeah. No one finds the Dutch funny. Apart from when they miss the World Cup. That, that was kind of hilarious. Well, I actually met somebody from uh, the Netherlands today. Oh. Uh, uh, married married into a, a distant part of the family, a cousin of ours. And so I can't say anything bad about the Dutch now. Okay. Well, let's just say they've got but, good But he, he wasn't into <laughs> s- uh, soccer anyway, so he didn't care about the World Cup. Oh. So what we're going to do, we're going to, we've got some suggestions for later on the show. I'm throwing this out to everyone that's listening. If you're listening live, send us a tweet at AFTN Canada. What, what would be some good nicknames for some Whitecaps players? A, an example I'll just give you, Eric Hurtado. I'm going to go with Eric the Viking Hurtado. Because yeah. Eric the Viking yeah. game and he was over in Norway. So we'll go with Eric the Viking Hurtado. I, I, when he first came on... I always thought that he played a little bit like the Hulk. So I was always like Hurtado Smash. Oh, like yes. I, yes. So, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I remember you saying that. Because he was always like getting in there and just banging off people. So I always called him Hurtado Smash. Because Giles Barnes gave him the nickname in preseason of Muscle Hamster. Oh. So we could go with Eric Muscle Hamster Hurtado. That's not bad either. I, another one I thought, Ali Gazal the Pharaoh. Yeah, obviously. Because he's a king. Makes sense. King of our DM role. So if you've got any other suggestions for Whitecaps players' dart names or anyone connected with the Whitecaps, MLS, let's throw out any MLS players. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's, uh, Michael. We, we've got a good one for Clint Dempsey coming oh, up. So when, okay. we, when we revisit this, we'll, we'll I know a lot of people of would like to nickname Carl Robinson Robbo out. Yes. But Just it doesn't look that. like he's going anywhere. No, he doesn't. Well... Not if or, or is he? Actually, yeah. Ramsey, yeah. Let, let, let's kick off our week in Whitecaps news with, with that then. Yeah, that just came out a couple uh, on the weekend, I think. Yeah, the it was in the Times as well. So yeah. it's not as if it's in some weird tabloid over in the UK just in, sensationalising things. But Gareth Bale and Aaron Ramsey. Aaron Ramsey is a, a, a player that is on base agency. So he knows Carl's brother very well, obviously. Yeah. But Gareth Bale and Aaron Ramsey pushing for Carl Robinson to be the new Whitecaps. No, not the new Whitecaps. Pushing for Carl Robinson to be, to the, be the new the, Wales manager. Yeah, it's a- When he was a player, kind of coming towards the end of his time, he, he kind of provided a mentor role to a lot of these young guys coming through. And it looks like the players are really behind Robbo to, to be that. And Chris Coleman was a, a man manager. And Gary Speed, RIP, he was a, a similar kind of man-manager as well. And the players, I think, respond to that. And for all Robbo's faults, tactically and, and stuff, he does seem to have good relationship with the players. Yeah. Now, you're going to have folk the, that say, there are oh, well, there's players that yeah. don't think that. Yeah. But if you're not playing or he's getting rid of you, you're going to have that kind of attitude. Of course. So, 
I, I guarantee you all those players, when they were playing or they were with the team, or they, they thought they had a future with the team, they were on Robbo's side and they thought it was, he was the greatest manager ever. Yeah, but Robbo seems to be in the frame still for, for the Wales job. And who knows, maybe going over at Christmas and New Year time to, to get some interviews done. He's in the he, mix. He could be visiting his mother as well. Oh, that's yeah. right. Scouting. It, yeah, exactly. Getting Scotty Arfield from Burnley. No, possibly. See if there's any of his five players he wants to bring along. Ho- hopefully not, because we're pretty crap at the moment. So yeah. I don't think that would be a good signing. But, yeah, Ro- Robo is in the mix with Tony Pulis. Yeah. Ryan Giggs, which I think would be a terrible appointment. He's no. not done anything to then manage an Arsenal team. And Craig Bellamy, who I also think would be a terrible appointment, but has been the, the favourite for a while. But definitely no Englishman. No. That, the FA... Has to be head, Welsh. And, and he's being investigated. I was going to do the headlines. We'll, we'll talk about it now. He's being investigated because he said no Englishman allowed or whatever. He, he, <laughs> I'm paraphrasing what he said, but they're investigating whether that whether he's, him saying that uh, was discriminatory. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's like <laughs> Scotland wants Scottish managers. The English want English managers. The Welsh want Welsh managers. No, but he was saying anybody but no English. I guess he, maybe he was oh, mentioning so he that there was, there was going to be you know, Scottish, Irish is fine. Yeah. But, uh, it's the old ABE campaign, anyone yeah. but England. Mm-hmm. I, I'm all for that. So Robbo, maybe he will be moving on. Who knows? He He's certainly continuing to build the, the Whitecaps team. Yeah, two now. new additions. Yeah. Meyer Bevan, who we've talked about for two months now, yeah. finally... Has signed the deal, and and it's uh, added bonus, which I didn't know about. That he is going to be a domestic. I didn't know that either. No. That really caught me by surprise. Because even when in the summertime, um, there when was the weather some, is hot. Uh, yeah, and when when he was signed, everybody uh, there were a couple of people on Twitter. I'm failing to remember who said it. They were they were questioning whether why you're bringing an international player. Um, to the uh, WFC2. Yeah. But of course, you want to, you have slots available if we're in WFC2. You might as well scout these guys and bring them over. But he is Canadian, so it's going to be fantastic. You don't have to waste an international spot. Exactly. For a depth uh, striker. And he is a talented striker. Yes. He He's still only 20. Yeah. Folks have to remember that. So, Robo described him, he's still like got a lot of development ahead. And yeah. he's 20, you would expect that. But he's got the finishing, which is the hardest thing he for does. strikers to get. And he's been playing at a high level. He's been playing at international level. Yeah. And folks say, oh, it's just New Zealand or it's New Zealand under-20s. It's still international football. Yeah. He's played on the world stage at the under-20 World Cup. And he scored, scored a fantastic, fantastic goal. Yeah. goal, yeah. Now, when he was signed, a genuine question was posed to me. It wasn't someone trying to like stir up why do the Whitecaps hate Canada stuff, but Meyer Bevan, Gloria Amanda. Why would you go for Meyer Bevan instead of Gloria Amanda? Does Meyer Bevan, Bevan is, have more upside than no, Gloria does? No, I think Bevan has, uh, uh, at this point, he has more pedigree. And he, 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 like you said, the international thing, he's proved it on the, at the lower international levels. He's definitely in, the, in, you know, in view for, uh, for the national team. Um, I, I'm thinking probably two, a couple of years after this World Cup cycle, he'll probably be starting seeing yeah. more time there. I mean, he's so, already made his senior debut. Yeah, so I think I think I think it makes sense. Gloria Manda, uh, you hopefully he was going to sign for Fresno. Um, yeah, he's not now but, though. So. Yeah, so maybe he didn't like the deal, and maybe he didn't want to travel all the way to Fresno because obviously I think he's from Edmonton. Yeah, so that's even further south. Even though if you're in Edmonton, I'd rather live in Fresno if. You know, it's kind of warmer there. I'd rather have the cold than the heat, but that's just me. Oh, that's you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. But Fresno, uh, it's kind of like near San Francisco. It gets into so, the uh, 40s, though, in yeah. the summer. Yeah, that's hot. So, I mean, it, it, it gets really hot. But, yeah, Gloria Amanda looks like he's, he's going to go to college. Yeah. Wouldn't be surprised to see him at UBC. Yeah. 
And who knows, after that, maybe he does, they show something at UBC, he'll be signed. The well, he, he can leave. He can leave at any time and continues the degree could, and stuff as well. Exactly. He can go down south. He can play in Fresno maybe in the summertime. He can uh, yeah. go as a loanee or something, come I, back. I'm high on both the guys. Yeah. I, I really like Gloria Amanda. And I think Gloria Amanda in a pro environment will come on leaps and bounds. Yeah. But there's still time for him. And there's an opportunity with TSS. He could play for yeah. TSS this TSS this are going to have an absolutely fantastic squad yeah. if they manage to get all, all these people. But I think Meyer Bevan right now is, is a good signing. Yeah. And don't be surprised to see him go and play games in Fresno. But equally, don't be surprised to see him on the bench if he has a good preseason as well. Yeah. But at the other end of the pitch, a man you recommended... Oh, you suggested. I suggested. Maybe not yeah. recommended, but you, you did mention the White Caps could sign him last week when you had a look at who was Because I was looking at cheap, cheap backup goalkeeper options that are domestic. Yeah, I, I thought maybe Tyler Derrick, but... And you mentioned Josh Sanders yeah, too. Yeah, Josh Saunders Saunders, well. sorry. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought Brian Rowe would be a good option. He, he Obviously, last year, nobody had a good season in, in L.A., um, it was, yeah. uh, but and I don't think he even was the starter. He lost the starting spot to Diop or something he, like that. He lost it towards the end. Yeah. He, his last start was August 12th. Yeah. He then had a couple of like, was it Clement sub- Diop or something like that? The starter? I think it might have been. Yeah. And then, so he, he uh, obviously lost the starting, but the year before when LA was playing good, the people, the bears in front of him were playing good. They had decent defenders. Um, he put up a pretty decent uh, a record, a winning record. I think his goals against average was just maybe a, a bit over one. Um, uh, and he pl- he started three playoff games too. And obviously Stuart Kerr, um, in the article that, that that was written about him, he's got uh, experience with him because he came on to TFC when they needed an emergency goalkeeper. Yeah, uh, a so couple he's years worked ago. with him. Yeah. And folk have to remember because folk are like, oh, Brian Rowe, why are we sending him? And Zach last week didn't really want... Brian Rowe here was like, no. He was violently opposed yeah. to it. <laughs> he's had six seasons in the league. Maybe so that's he's... why he's sick right now, because Brian Rowe was like... <laughs> so, lots of MLS experience. He's kept 16 clean sheets in that time as well. Yeah. All we had to give up for it was a second round draft pick. So Which our like... second round draft picks seem to disappear. Yeah, we, we don't have a USL team, so it doesn't particularly <laughs> no, matter now. And, and so... they disappear too, because I think the last second round pick, didn't he disappear? Well, Francis he... DeVries was the, oh, was the it second Francis? round oh, pick. Oh, maybe it was the third round back pick to or New Zealand. Yeah. But I mean, Brian Rowe, a capable backup, because yeah. that's what you need. Yeah. Marinovic is going to be the number one. But there's going to be times where maybe he's going to be away in New Zealand. Yeah. Maybe he's going to get injured. Maybe yeah. he's going to get sent off or he's just out of form. So he wants someone that you can rely upon to then bring in. Brian Rose, that guy. At this point, uh, he is better, not better than Richie. I would rather have Richie here. Yeah, I would But Richie, well. I'd rather have Richie have playing yeah, time. He has to play. Uh, but um, Brian Rowe is a better option than last year's backup, which is Paulo Tarnagi. Definitely. Um, so no doubt about that. And so um, I... I I think that it was a good signing and a good pickup. Yeah, I, they, they I didn't like want to risk. Uh, they were going to pick him up in the reentry draft, but they didn't want to risk uh, somebody else picking him. So they they send the second rounder, and that's basically nothing. Yeah. So maybe twenty thousand in allocation money, if you want to put it in money terms. And it's been a a quiet week, really, for for the Whitecaps for no. the drafts. Yeah, well, the drafts. Are, I was surprised. I thought waste there was, of time. It's like, just some, get rid of them. I thought there were some decent players in there if they wanted to pick them. But I agree with you there that they is just let the players just pick whoever they want to go to. Yeah, I mean. You already got a cap. Yeah. People are not going to be overpaying anybody at this point. So it's not like you're, you're already hounding the players on their salaries and everything. I guess maybe it's 
it's an advantage for some players because if somebody wants to take that player at that higher salary, they don't have to renegotiate. They just keep that money that they were already going to be paid. So yeah, uh, so maybe that's an advantage there. Well, we but there's definitely players. There's the definitely one player drafts. that we'll talk about later that really oh. didn't find any advantage yeah. in the reentry drafts. So we we didn't lose anyone in the expansion draft, no. which was fairly I didn't, unexciting. Really. I didn't expect them to lose anybody. I, I didn't either. And but the players they picked were it was bizarre picks. Yeah, well, they they were building their depth. Uh, yeah. I don't think they were looking to get starters out of it. Well, they no one they packaged sexy. they packaged two players to get a starter, well, true, true. which we'll talk about later. Yeah, that's <laughs> news. Um, the the waiver draft and reentry draft we passed. It's like only only I think one or two players. There's two of them. players picked in the reentry. I can't remember. I think waiver there was one maybe. I think two. there was just one. Maybe two. Yeah, definitely two in the reentry. Yeah. But Tyrone Mears went in the reentry. I did. I do like him as yeah. a, a kind of capable backup. But that might just be because he played for West Ham. I don't. I don't know. Um, so we didn't lose anyone there. Second round of that's coming up next week, so who knows if they can renegotiate some deals if they want anyone from that. Final bit of Whitecaps news, which we'll we'll touch upon this week. Alfonso Davies. Let's start with the positive for Alfonso. He was named the Canadian Under-17 Player of the Year, which is an award which we've kind of dominated over the years. Russell Tybert's won it, Bryce Alderson's won it. Fonzie now. Yeah. You have to say... Carducci too, I think. Oh, Carducci, yeah. yeah. It's probably deserved. Um, oh, it has to be. If he was named the, the young, player, young player <laughs> of the tournament for the Gold Cup, he's, he's going to get definite consideration for U17. Yeah. There's no other U17 player that's uh, doing that right now at this point. But he is not going to Man United. Yeah. Which, um, I'm, I'm, like, one thing I'm surprised about, like, okay, the news was that um, apparently that he was going to be training with the youth team. Which a lot of people were going, why is he training with the youth team? He should be training with the first team. Um, no, that's usually where they put young players. They train with the youth team to see if they're good enough to uh, keep moving on. Maybe if he was going to play with the reserves. I don't know. But uh, there was no way he was going to be training with the first team. No, no, no. So I don't know why people were surprised about that. Well, the, the whole thing with this Alfonso thing. Um, Adam Cook from CTV in Edmonton kind of broke the story. And... One of the things was he, that he was going for, not a trial, but a training stint. Yeah. Then it kind of has transpired that it was his agent that had arranged that. It wasn't the Whitecaps that had arranged it. Okay. And Carl Robinson during the week on radio had said, look, don't believe everything that you hear or read. And then that proved to be true because he is no longer going over there. Instead, he's going to be away with the Canada camp, which for me makes a, a lot more sense. And the official White Cats release to, to Adam Cook said that they just felt that at this time it wasn't the best thing for Alfonso's development. Yeah. So I've got a little bit more to to kind of reveal about that. The, the basic feeling within the White Cats, Robbo, is that he didn't have a strong end to the year. Yeah. And his confidence isn't in a great place just now. So going over there when he's maybe not in his best form was likely to be more damaging to his confidence than being a boost and to his development. He'll be training with arguably one of the better uh, like youth. Well, so I, I think it was under 23 he was going to train with so there's some really good players. There are, there, there are some very good players. It's a, it's one of the top uh, res- it's basically the reserve team the yeah. 23. So, it's one of the top teams like they have a lot of good players. They just signed another guy uh uh Angel Gomez. Um, who's a 17-year-old as well. He made his uh, debut last year at the end of the year. 
um, with the first team. So he's one of the top players. People are thinking he was going to go to um, skip uh, Manchester United and sign with Juventus like Pogba did or uh, Real Madrid or Barcelona. So he was rumored to be going somewhere else, but they were able to sign him for uh, them. So th- that's the quality that they have. Where and, and you don't want to put a guy who's, like you said, he basically wore down. He was, he's a young player who... A lot. He played a lot of football in the last couple of years, and you could tell by the time the Gold Cup was finished, um, and he came back, he had a couple moments, but he was really. Uh, they, they didn't even want to put him in initially after the Gold Cup because they yeah. they thought he was just exhausted. I mean, he might have been he, physically exhausted. He might have been mentally exhausted at that point. He had a couple of good moves, good chances, but he has he's looked a shadow of himself in the, the tail end of the season. Obviously, when the, it was announced the Whitecaps weren't sending him over, folk were up in arms about it, criticising the Whitecaps front office. I genuinely think it's the best thing for him. Sending him over there is likely, if he's not at the top of his game, to 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 do more bad for his confidence than help his development. So I think it's better that he stays here, goes with Canada, has the pre-season camp with the Whitecaps, doesn't get too, too big-headed or too big down... I think it's a good thing. But it has to be said, 2018 is a massive year for him. Yeah. I don't think 2017 saw him really develop the way that folk were expecting. And to me, he looks good and he looks better than a lot of other kids out there. I genuinely don't think right now, to me, he doesn't seem super special, a world beater. He's 17 now. In a year's time, he's going to be 18. If he has not had a great 2018, he's just going to be another talented 18-year-old. And they're going to turn a penny over in Europe. A lot of folk won't follow follow the Scottish game. Hearts today had a 16-year-old playing for them. Harry Cochran scored a goal against Celtic, helped Hearts end Celtic's big 69-game unbeaten run. Yeah. He's doing that. I know it's Premier League, but Premier League in Scotland, MLS, there's not a great difference, honestly, between the two at the top end of it. And he's 16. Yeah. So there's talented players all over no, they that are, are performing. Fonzie still hasn't got his first MLS goal. Yeah. He drifts in and out of games. He is a talent. I'm not saying he's not a talent. I just don't think he's possibly this world beater that everyone thinks I'd, he is right now. I'd, I don't even think he's a world beater. I think he's a very like a high end talent at this point. I don't think he's going to be like a. Like, and he needs to develop. I don't think he's a golden special like you know one of those once in a generational talents. Yeah. I don't think I. I think he's he is for Canada in Canada's sense he is because we haven't. Had I think the, that's where people get a little yeah. bit blinkered. You you have to realize that that there are way more talented players than Alfonso Davies in Europe in South America. And maybe even America that are developing right now. He's he's in this. He's in kind of. He's, you can speak about him in in those terms, but don't expect him to get to the level. But realize that he's there's a lot more talent out there. I hundred percent agree yeah. with you there. And I think folk build him up so much here that it's hard then to see him getting a little bit of a knockback. But how does he develop then if he doesn't play? So there's weighing all that up. And we're going to be talking to Robbo soon for our usual end of the the year chat. So these are some of the things we're going to talk to Robbo about. Some other big news in MLS this week. Some of them with former Whitecaps. Kakuta Mani looks like he's going to land somewhere in MLS. MLS. Yeah, he had a trial. The trade that keeps giving. He had a trial. 
Um, but it, a lot of people, are, I think somebody especially tweeted out that the, even though he's traveling, he, there's a very good chance that he'll return. Yeah, for Christian one more Dyer year. from Metro in New York. Yeah. Looks like he's going to come back to, to MLS. And it might be not Columbus. He might be going somewhere else. Yeah, oh, which, yeah. I don't think it will be Columbus. I think he'll Which I think somewhere. that maybe, I'm not sure what the, uh, like what the part of the, because if Columbus re-signed him, they were going to get a first-round draft. Yeah. But if it's somebody else, will they still get something for him? One trade which we didn't really mention last week when we were rounding things up was Darren Mattox has left Portland to to go to DC. Finally at DC, and I say finally at DC because I I don't think we ever talked about this at the time, but the Whitecaps had an offer from DC back in 2013. Yeah, it was a million dollar offer. Yeah, because Darren (laughs) Mattox talked about how there was a million dollar bid coming for him and folk were like, oh, he's like pie in the sky. There kind of was a million dollar bid. If you calculate the, yeah. the what was coming because back. Because yeah. DC offered the Whitecaps Perry Kitchen yeah. and Dwayne D. Rosario for Darren Mattox. Which I think if you either add their value or their salary or something, it was it about added a million. million. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And Martin Rennie was keen for it. Yeah. Took it to the, the football death panel and they said no. Yeah, because I think the, the Rosario part they didn't want. I, I, yeah, I, I I think the feeling was he didn't really think he was going to fit in. So yeah. he's finally in D.C., so wish him well. Talking of players that's leaving Portland, Darlington Nagby yeah, that was to surprised. Atlanta. I didn't see that coming. No, no and last what has the potential to be the biggest trade beating the, the Dwyer, By half, SKC? 50,000. Yeah, it's still, <laughs> it's still, it's still beating it. And not yet even. It's no. a, it's a, there's uh, incentives to go yes. with that. Yeah. 650 in GAM. Has gone already. Yeah. 300 and Tam has gone already. International spot. International spot. And another possible 600,000 in Tam. Yeah. If certain targets are met, goals and stuff like that. So if you think of that, that's 1.65. Yes. But if you think of international spot, that's worth maybe 100. So let's calculate yeah. the 1.75. Massive <laughs> trade, though. Yeah. I mean, he, he wanted more. To stay in Portland, he wanted a million dollar salary. But they had Portland uh, balked at that. They had Valeri, uh, Diego Valeri, they had Addy as DPs. But he's a talent, and he's going to have him here, of course. But we we went with Omar Salgado. But well, they believe the rumors that he didn't want. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, yeah, he scored some crazy goals. Yeah, um, he's done well against us. Yeah. So maybe it's a good thing, a good trade for us then. Yeah, Atlanta though building a fantastic team. We talked last week about how much. Atlanta impressed me as an expansion team. They've been fantastic. Yeah, and I think I think this also opens up. Uh, you know the you know the offers they had for twenty million from somebody for uh, I can't remember who which one was it Martinez or the other one. I was getting mixed I, up. Uh, yeah, but so they were somebody was offering twenty million for him last year. Maybe they take that offer when the tra- uh, transfer window opens because they got Nagby as the player to play in that position. So maybe that opens up if they if, but if they're looking to win everything, then they keep everybody for this year and try to win the cup. Yeah. Now, I've saved the two juiciest MLS stories to the end of this section. Yeah. Let's involve start... teams from opposite. Well, no, Ulster is no longer a white cap, so it doesn't really involve the white cap. Yeah, I, I still think more... him as a white cap. But this really is a blight on. Ulster's situation is a blight on MLS. Yes. So let's look at that. David, the blacklisted Ulster, that could be his Darton nickname. But obviously, his, his Darton nickname would be the Great Dane. And he could come out riding a, a Great Dane to the stage. Maybe I really good. But yeah, David Ousted. Not happy because three teams were interested in, in signing him. But because of what his salary was going to be, it was going to be just over half a million in his option year, which we had talked about his salary was going up. 
they weren't allowed to buy him down with Tam, so he couldn't be a Tam player. So LA Galaxy really wanted to bring him in. That wasn't going to happen. So he just feels that MLS rules are ridiculous, and, and they they are. They are. I don't think they, I I don't understand why they they have a you know a minimum salary to buy somebody down. If they want to use Tam to buy somebody down from four eighty to three eighty, they should be able to, or whatever the case is. Like, yeah, whatever they want to buy somebody down to to open up more space. I thought that was the whole point of this, but yeah. apparently this is a special amount of money that they can only use on um, a certain amount of salary. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous, but. He took himself out of the re-entry draft. I fully expect to see him in LA. They'll manage to work some weird thing out. Yeah. You know it's going to happen. And the last thing we'll talk about, another shocking situation to me, Lauren Simon. Yeah. Traded to LAFC from Montreal Impact. For a couple of fullbacks. Having moved to Montreal for care of his autistic daughter. Yeah. His agent was very vocal saying he didn't know anything about it. Later on in the week, word came out that they had kind of talked to him about it and they're going to do everything they can to make his family and his daughter's life as comfortable as possible in LA. Yeah. Which hopefully they will. Yeah. But, I mean, knowing what healthcare and stuff's like down in the States, it's it's just a horrible situation. And th- this is the thing. The players and the players' union negotiated for the new contracts and all that stuff and the bargaining. Yeah. Why did they not just look for, look... Mass free agency, you can sign for whoever you want, push hard for it, or at least give the players a right to say no to a trade, like elsewhere in the world. Because that's ridiculous. Like, honestly, they could have. You know, the agent that's complaining about this, this is the agent's fault for not putting this into the contract. When you negotiated, when they moved from... Uh, uh, Belgium. Would he have been so, allowed to, though? That's the thing. Well, then he doesn't come over. He stays in Belgium then at that point. Maybe he decides not to come over. Like, look at Alan Rochat back in, I know I don't want to go back all the way to yeah. 2012. He didn't want to be traded to DC. No. He spent maybe two or three months there and he went back to Switzerland because he didn't want to be. But uh, Rochat, I think he didn't have an agent. I think he negotiated the deal himself. But this guy had an agent and this agent did not do the proper dealing. And the, so, the, the Uster and Simon situations, it just shows how badly, again, players are treated in, in the league. Ousted situation I have issues with. The Simon situation. Uh, while I, I feel for him, and Montreal should have done more for him, I think that the player needs to get more educated before they come here. Either be yeah, told that, what the situation is. European players You need over. to Google and see if there's something going on. Maybe Google, uh, Google pregnant wife being traded or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> You'll so, be a big list of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, you gotta, you got you to gotta figure this out. you got to do the research before you come to a new league. I, it's a shame Zach's not on the show to talk about this, actually. Although we'd probably add an extra half hour to this segment. This segment just yeah. with Zach talking about that. But it's ridiculous. The league needs to look after their players better. In this day and age where there's no loyalty from players to clubs, in MLS, no wonder, because the league do not show any loyalty or any respect to the players, and it has to change. If this league wants to be taken seriously, that needs to happen. But that is it for this part of the show. We'll be back with more chat after this. Hi, I'm Carl Robinson. Uh, You're listening to the AFTN podcast. So just to to go over some tweets quickly that, that we've had in, Murray Lynn, uh, Murray D. Lynn on Twitter says, Why do the Whitecaps hate the ball so much? This is the only thing that can explain picking up Chani's option and not Ijibor's. They must hate the ball. 
is the goal for 15% possession stats and then launch it over the top to, to big, tall strikers. Yeah, Chandy could, Chandy could be uh, also trade bait for later on. He yeah. might have value, so they don't want to just give him away. But let's talk a, a little bit quickly about Noza Ijibor. Yeah. Now, Nigerian paper had said he's been released by the Whitecaps, blah, blah, blah. I just think they're a little bit late to the the story that we didn't pick up his option. Yeah. So I think that's all it is. It might and, be wrong. I mean, it might be that they've completely stopped n- negotiating. Maybe that's him. the case, but Robbo did say when he was, uh, they didn't pick up his option that they wanted yeah. to bring him back. It's, it's a very strange situation though. I mean, why would you bring him in? I mean, we talked about it before and you thought they wanted to I think, up his, his deal, but... I think it, it was... If they do cut him, yeah. it's bizarre. You know, I think they brought him in because maybe they, they saw him available and he maybe was the same time when Lava went down with an injury. And they brought him in and they go, okay, we'll sign you for the remainder of the season. We'll give you a couple option years. And if you will like it, we maybe it was a mutual thing too. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe he did want to go back to Europe. Murray also says maybe Bobby or Bobo Leonard Doozy is sharing old game tape from when he coached the Canadian men's national team, giving Robo inspiration from that. I didn't watch any of the games back then, so I'm I'm assuming they weren't good. But who knows? El Canico wants to know if there's any word on Mexican player signings from the three clubs that Robo scouted who he believes were Monterey, Tigres and Santos Laguna. Haven't heard anything, yeah. actually, a, a, about that. It looks like Fidel Martinez, who was a name that Glass City was throwing around, looks like he's staying with Atlas, or there hasn't been any good sort of offers from MLS to, to bring him here. And maybe, and we don't know, because the, this these could be players that they're going to be bringing in in the summer as well, because he did say that some players will be coming in the summer, not right away. Well, yeah, we, we kind of have to wait to to, to see what happens there. Um, yeah, it's it's strange to, to really know. Caleb Wilkins wants to know if there's any plans to buy down Breck Shea and Kai Kamara or if they plan to go into the season with them as DPs. That's certainly something that we'll, we'll ask Robbo because it's... Yeah, I, th- I think they will go in uh, because, like I said, I don't think they're bringing in three new DPs. Oh, well, they did with Kai Kamara, obviously. That's one new one. But I'm talking about, like, uh, outside the league. Until the summer, so I think they, I think they will go in with them. That maybe they buy them down, and then, and remember, halfway through the season, it doesn't count against your cap as much because uh, you're bringing them halfway through the year, so you save money that way. I definitely think Kamara will be a DP. I, I don't see any way around them not doing that. But yeah. I don't know. It's MLS and, weird things happen. And, and, and like we said, Chani Shea could be a, a tradable asset as well. That's why they, you know, he was uh, exposed in the expansion draft. Remember that. So. Uh, Obviously, that was because they probably knew LA didn't want to pick anybody that expensive. True. The, the last tweet from Greg Petrie at Our Dumb World, who says, of course Manny won't be going back to Columbus. Neither are the crew. Well, for one more year, at least. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, anything you want us to chat about, send us a tweet at AFT in Canada. And remember, we are looking for your dart player names for Whitecaps. We've got a lot of good suggestions. We're going to go over that in part three. But for now, in this part, we are going to continue our Whitecaps year in review with the month of July. Soundgarden there on 4th of July, kicking off the month of July. Whitecaps didn't really 
play on the 4th of July. We, we played July 1st. We started the month. It was an up and down month. Yeah. Let's be honest. And we kicked it off on July 1st. Not a home game for Canada, Dave, no. but you, you would have hoped they would have had. They've never had it. They've no. never had it yet. We did play TFC, of course, in the Voyagers Cup one year. Yeah. Pre-MLS days. That's yeah. probably how. Because the CSA got to organise that. But, yeah, July 1st. Didn't start the month off great. 4-0 hammering by Chicago. And everybody was jumping off the boat at that yeah. point. It was... 3-0 down at half time. And yeah. I think the, the least said about that match, the better, but... I, I was quite down after it, I've got yeah, to say. I remember that. Yeah, because I, I was thinking, what's, what's the point? And then you guys were like uh, worried about next week, and I think I got that one right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, there's a famous Whitecaps summer slump, yeah. and it didn't happen this year. It was a, they, but it I, was very up and down. They were up and down, yeah. yeah. They never really dropped. They never really got that high either. But they, they did return home from Chicago four days later to beat, New York City FC 3-2 cracking game we Exciting voted games, it yeah. our, our match of the of well, got, the year when you, we did our thing with got the majority was for here sure, yeah. and Joe Deasy was here yeah. so that just got the majority but it, it was a cracking game I mean Freeman terrified the Caps into a third minute lead mm-hmm. NYC stormed back two goals in a six minute spell just before half time and you thought well I thought being Mr. Pessimist it was over hashtag pessimist union that it was over, yeah. yeah. But then the goal machine showed up. Oh, yes. Jor- Jordan Harvey. Jordan Goal Machine Harvey, I think, would have been his, his darting nickname. Yeah. And he tied it up in the 54th. And it was back and forward after that. And it was, a, it was a really enjoyable game. And then, on his home debut, Jordi Reyna, good old Jordi boy, popped up. Acrobatic header. 3-2. Three, three points. BC Place went wild. Yeah, no, it was a fantastic goal. I can't remember who sent in the cross, but it was a good cross. Um, and he, like you said, he got up in the air. I don't know how high it was, but he definitely showed a lot of power in the header. And he put it right through. And it, just the, the the noise that came from the crowd at that point. And it was, it was it, magnificent. I think, was that his first goal? or I can't remember yeah. now. That was his first goal. So it was the start of a, a, a run of game-winning goals for him too. Well, yeah, that's the thing. He Up until towards the end, he only scored game-winning goals, yeah. which w- was great to see. But then you've got all that momentum. You've beaten a star-studded NYC team. And then there's a two-week break for the Gold Cup. Which uh, Canadian fans enjoyed. But but during that two-week Gold Cup break, they, the Caps were busy. They loaned out Kyle Gregg to FC Cincinnati. They sold Sam DeWitt to, to FC Cincinnati. And they loan Debbie Flores. Once again. Which, of course, when the draft time comes around every December, it reminds us that Debbie Flores is still a Whitecaps player. I think most of us forget that. Yeah. He's away back to Honduras. We said goodbye, though, to Paolo Ternaghi. We mentioned him in the first part. And then a few days later, after we play the next game, but we'll, we'll cover this now because it ties in, Paolo left. So goodbye in Italian. Hello, Stefan Marinovic. Yeah. And... When Paolo went, you knew that there's something in the works. You knew that there was going to be... Because Spencer Ritchie was on a season-long loan to yeah, USL. Yeah, but they could, they could have cancelled that if they, they wanted to. Have, but but yeah. I, I, I thought But I do was agree up. with you. There seemed like uh, something was going on at that point. And Robo said he pulled the trigger because there was a lot of interest from other clubs and he wanted to make sure he got him. Stuart Kerr, when we spoke to him on the show, said that he's a, he's a great talent. Yeah. Folk were like, oh, that's definitely the end for David Oosted by that time. And we had heard in the summer, and we talked about it on the show, 
that it looked like Usted was going to be on his way out because we'd been told he'd been asked to take a pay cut, which he, of course, confirmed himself later on uh, after the season finished. But Marinovic came. It's his It's his jersey to lose now. He is the number one. Unless Brian Rowe seems to come in and have a fantastic preseason and Stefan looks sluggish. I don't see that I, happening. I can't see it either. No. Stefan's the man to, to lead the team going forward. Yeah. Of course, who knows? He could be fantastic here and then get interest from Europe or... or it's possible. You, you it's possible that, if he shows... Because he's going to have more... Because he was stuck in the lower German leagues or mid-German yeah. leagues. Fourth so you division, don't, promoted to the third division. You don't, you don't get that much exposure. Obviously, he was doing the thing where he wanted to get... Uh, show that he could do it in the Europe. Um, he, he was trying to work his way up and obviously this opportunity came to for North America and now he gets more exposure because he's going to be on regular television and people can see his highlights if they need to and all the saves he made and he made quite a few saves yeah. this year yeah I mean he's, he's a great keeper I like him he, he's a great guy to chat to he's got such a personality if you've heard some of the stuff he's done for for the show you'll, you'll have heard that it was sad to see Usted move on we don't know exactly what Marinovic's salary is going to be for the year but it's probably going to be about half of what Usted was on and I think we've got two good keepers now. But Marinovic, great addition. Yeah, for sure. Then we got back to action. Returned with a rarity for the Whitecaps, a win in LA. And it, it was a 1-0 win. It was a Chani uh, goal from a header. Yep, from a, a bowl of free kick. Yeah, and um, I think it was... I, I know you want to say it's, it's uh, a rarity, but I think that the the fact that LA had such a poor home record, it wasn't well, well, it thing. wasn't a huge they accomplishment the, by the they White Kings. No, the galaxy off old. Yes, exactly. So it, while it was a huge a huge win for them at that point, because it continued their hot streak. Because when they come back from uh, week two week long breaks, for example, they're not the most um, exciting team, and they seem to always like get a little sluggish. Yeah. But this was a good win. It wasn't a great game, but it was a good win. And let, let's quickly talk about LA. I mean, they were dreadful this year. And it's not a good year to be dreadful when you got the LAFC coming in no. the next year. And the, I mean, the West was dreadful this year, but I mean, they, they were poor. But with the players they had, they really shouldn't have been. Yeah. It was not a poor squad that they had. We got rid of their coach, I think, halfway through. Yeah, and then he they're seemed Siggy. a really bad appointment, though. Yeah. Kurt Onalfo, I mean, he was one of the grumpiest coaches we've ever seen at BC Place. For sure. Um... Yeah, I mean, that was the wrong appointment. There was just no way they could turn it around after that. But I just cannot believe how, how bad they were. And it is going to be interesting to see how they respond this year. You have to feel that the pressure that's going to be coming from LAFC coming in, it's going to be massive. And if the Galaxy respond the way that we expect them to respond, then that's another team that could be in the playoff mix or should be in the playoff mix, making it tougher for the Whitecaps. But the Caps followed up that, that 1-0 win at LA with a loss. So from the high of a win in LA to a 2-1 loss in Portland, always sad to, to lose any Cascadian derby, but it was just a terrible year for Cascadian derbies. Timbers up in the 14th minute, Andrew Jacobson then made it one all in the stroke of half time, but then all that good was undone, just like four minutes into the second half and Blanco put the, the Timbers 2-1 in the lead and the Caps had their chances to, to take a point from it. And they had a, a great chance as well with games in hand over the Timbers to kind of cement something really good. And yeah. very, very disappointing game. Yeah, this is another game that, you know, you look back and you woulda, coulda, shoulda. And obviously if they had drawn that game, 
they get top spot. And yeah. so well, it's yeah. amazing that like uh, the, uh, the amount of games that where you see those points just like, and you think, oh, no big deal, they'll make it up. But, you know, you lose those points and they, you really can't make them up down the road. I had a nice trip down the coast, of course. Oh, sure uh, you did. That, it never happy. fails. Yeah. Looking forward to the schedule coming out so I can plan next year's trips. Then there was a, a couple of loan deals. Sam Adekugbe went to Europe. back to Europe, yeah. to Europe, off to Sweden this time. IFK Gothenburg. Yeah. He got over his injury, got healthy, yeah. got loaned out. We still don't know what's happening. Got injured again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> still don't know what's going to happen with him. Yeah. New coach is going to make that decision right now. He's a white cap, so we might see him back in pre-season. He's going to go back to Europe. And we've discussed this ad nauseum. It's like, why don't the White Cats play him? Why doesn't he want to stay here? He doesn't want to be here. He wants to be in Europe. Unless he has an amazing change of heart over the, the Christmas period, maybe he's going to listen to our Christmas special and think, I want to be part of that next year. <laughs> then he's going to go back to Europe. I think I think a lot of these guys, they just want to try. They, they don't want to be regretful of what could have been. Like they they go they go to they want to go to Europe they want to see if they and can he's been make at a it. good level as well. Yeah. It's not that he's floating around the fourth tier of Germany. Yeah, or something. so he's he's trying to see what he can do. If it doesn't work out for him, he can come back to Canada maybe at age twenty eight, twenty nine when he's in his prime actually at that point, and he can actually m- make a huge difference for Whitecaps or whoever else yeah. he comes to. I wish him well wherever he ends up, and I hope he I hope he gets a good. A good thing in Europe, and he might end up back in Sweden. Who knows? But the other loan deal, Ben McKendry yeah. of FC Edmonton, sent there to get Playing challenged. Minutes. Did well. Yeah. Good feedback on him. Has now been released by the White Cats. Kind of been replaced by the newer, younger model in David Norman. FC Edmonton, of course, no more. So the big question now is what happens to Ben McKendry? He was available in the re-entry draft. No one picked him up. Can't really see him going in the second round. He's, Although he would count as a domestic, yeah. because he came through the White Caps residency, so I, I, I see him, that might go in his favor. I see him being picked up by somebody, definitely for training camp. Um, and if he doesn't make MLS, then it could be he's, he's going to find a USL for a year or two. Maybe I, I one of the top so. teams. Maybe Allen brings him over to Cincinnati. I, you That's know, I wouldn't be surprised about I, that. I think Allen had a, uh, was very high on him. He was, yeah, and he knows what he can do. We've seen what he can do. Yeah. And he has a talent. He needs playing time at a good level to show it. Yeah. And FC Cincinnati would give him that. And then, uh, but let's hope he ends up somewhere good. He Cincinnati, might go to Europe, of and course. He, and he could be in MLS by the time because Cincinnati, uh, if they get one of the expansion deals, they, maybe they bring him up with him. Yeah. So it's very possible. I have to reach out to his dad and, and see what the, what the latest is yeah. on that. The month ended on a high, July yeah. 29th. Something, this, this, this was more impressive than LA. Oh, yeah. well, by the end of the year... It might not have been as impressive. No, but, but at but the time it seemed point, like one of huge. the results of the season. Yeah, exactly. 4-0 trouncing in and, Dallas. And it wasn't, and it wasn't the stro- right cats that were trounced. And, and, and they weren't, it wasn't their strongest team either. That yeah, that's the thing. There. It's yeah. like a weakened team secured not just the first point, but the first three points, first win in Dallas, but never had a point there before. Yeah. Bernie Abini got things off to a great start with his only MLS goal for the Caps in the 18th minute. From distance too. Yeah. Second half brace from Freddie Montero and, and then Nico's bicycle kick. Yeah. That was one of my goals of the season, but it was fumbled by the keeper. Yeah. I mean, we were in dreamland but by that point and you're wondering, whoa, what on earth is happening? This is our second string here. Yeah, for sure. 
Except for the striker, like you said, Montero was the top guy, uh, but everybody else, uh, like you said, Abini, Mesquita, there were quite a few guys that were not uh, regulars yes. for the first team. Final word on the month of July, we'll give that to the under-16s, who made it all the way to the USSDA Final Four for the first time, ran out of a, a bit of steam in the semis, ended up finishing fourth overall, but a great season for them. Most of those guys have moved up now to what is it, under-19. So Some are still with the 17s, I think. Yeah, because some, it's, it's some of them still 19 are. and U-17, yeah, I think. Yeah, so they, they have changed yeah. it now, but it, it was a great run, and looking forward to seeing these guys develop where they're course to go now who knows after that exactly but that, that was the month of july and we'll be back with the month of august in our, our next part as well actually i think it's going to be but for now it's time for wavelength my favorite part of the show and we are continuing football violence awareness month i'm wearing the t-shirt this week for it i think you tweeted that out yeah it's not having tweeted that yet, oh, okay. but we, we will do and this is actually the t-shirt for the band for the song that we're going to play now, last week, I played an English band, The Oppressed, with their song, Football Violence. So I decided to, to kind of, I, I thought I'd mix it up a little bit. Instead of playing a, a song by an English band called Football Violence, we're going to play a song by a Scottish band called Skin Deep, their only seven-inch single that was released. This is from vinyl, so the quality is not fantastic. And this is also called Football Violence. So again, I'm going to turn to make me much what I'm all about. Sit in the pub, we all get pissed. I go to the mic, we might insist. Ivan Runovich, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. So we mentioned that we're going to have a, a darts theme for this episode to tie in with the 2018 PDC World Professional Darts Championships that's going on just now. As I said, I'm glued to the screens. I'm sure you all are too. I, I know a lot of folk here don't understand why we love darts so much in the UK. It draws a, crowds to like 10,000 folk. I think it's an excuse to get drunk and just yell. But yeah, that, that is a big part of it, and obviously. dressing costumes. Yeah, the costumes are, like, you can't have it without the costumes. And I know it's shown in Sportsnet and folk watch it and they're like, what? But that's usually a year later, right? Yeah, the ones it's way, way out of date. Yeah. But Christmas would not be Christmas without the 
the darts. So we threw out on Twitter to try and get some dart nicknames for some of the Whitecaps players, and we ha- we had a really good response. So Salish C eighty six, he went with Brian the Throw Row, Marcel Ding Dong Dion, Kendall the Waster Waston. I don't know that the Waster is a is a it's a good. I think he plays waste to opponents. Ah, okay. So especially it's, it's not the, that, it's not the clearances that a, and everything. Not that, that he is a waster. Then okay, that's okay. Rich Baldry at R Baldry said, "Matthias Lobber Laba, Barry the Whining Scotsman Robson. That's instead of Gary the Flying Scotsman Anderson. Freddie the Finnish Montero. I like that one. Tony Double Top Chani, and this is a really good one." Break fast, she. Because that, that, that works at, yeah, that's a, good on a number of different levels, so that's good. Greg Petrie at Ardham World said, The Whitecaps desperately need a 10, so we know that they'll go for double fives. To put that in football talk, we need a top quality number 10, yeah. but we'll, we'll save some money and go for some half price options instead. Minor Campos at Prof E Campos. He says, Russell, lucky Tiber. I guess because he's lucky that he's got another Contract. MLS deal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he says, Darren, the carrier, Mattox, because he carried the team on his back. <laughs> uh, and he went for Clint, the ripping Dempsey. Now, I actually think the ripper would be better. Clint, the ripper Dempsey, just for ripping up the, the referee notebooks. Stephen Erickson at the PNG, the Penguin, basically. Uh, says, Siggy, where's my pie, Schmidt? There is a dart player... Oh, Siggy Gobble Gobble Schmidt. Gobble Gobble, yeah. yeah. Or just the Gobbler. The Gobbler, yeah. <laughs> there is actually a dart player who's called the Pie Man, because he's oh. really fat, because oh, okay. he eats a lot of pies. There's also a guy, the Muffin Man, and he comes in, and when he comes in his walk and he throws muffins to the crowd. So we get them on site. Uh, Jonathan Tannenwald, friend of the show out in Philadelphia says that the Whitecaps should be 180, because that's how many minutes they are without a goal in the playoffs. <laughs> Low blow. Harsh, but fair. Can't, can't really disagree with that. Well, they scored five in the first game. Yeah, so if you have any more Whitecaps players darting nicknames, send them along. But now, it's time to play a little bit of Bullseye. And here's your host, Michael McCall. Because we couldn't afford to fly Jim Bowen over for it. No, I'm certainly he wouldn't. The the flight alone would be horrible. Yes. He's an old man now as well. Now, as usual, we play a lot of games on this show that no one has any idea of what we're playing. When I did tweet out today that we're going to play Bullseye, there was some genuine excitement from from a few people. I think they just want to see Zach play, and I think that might take away the excitement now. Well, playing darts on the radio is always good. Okay. I, yeah, I know. I'll, I'll buy it. <laughs> so, we'll, we'll tweet out pictures of this. But if we're doing the trivia thing that we had done last week, we're going to have build in that we're going to play some darts for extra bonus points and stuff, and we're going to throw for our categories. Yeah, that would have been ideal. Yeah, we're, we're not 
going to do that. So I was going to video that. Yeah. So I didn't bring the camera because I thought we're not going to play it. Yeah. But I did decide to bring the game because a few folks seemed a bit disappointed we weren't going to play it. Yeah. So we're going to play a, just a, a little bit of bullseye, just a little bit of trivia, just to, to round this part off. So Steve, I'll get you to, to get up and leave your, your place behind the mic here. Sure, I will get up. So I'll explain what we're going to do. Now, first of all, we're going to see who's going to control the board. So we're going to throw three darts each at a traditional dart board. Now, I should mention that these are magnetic darts, but instead we're going to go with this. So we're going to throw three darts at the magnetic board. Whoever scores the highest gets to control the board. With it, magnetic, it's a little bit different. Whatever it is mostly in is what we're going to count at. So I don't even know if I'm going to hit the board. So let's see what you can get first, Steve. <laughs> okay, here we go. First shot. I'll go for triple 20. Eight. Eight. Oh, missed Missed the board. I got L. And a three. So that gives Steve a score of 11. Now, do I get to yell out 180 if you hit? Only if I hit 180. Yeah. It's probably unlikely, but let's see how we get on. Now, obviously, it's a little bit of an advantage to me because I have played darts for years. I played ages ago. Like, I think it was in grade 9, 10 when the last time I played, maybe. It was a couple of years ago. I think it was probably 2014 when we did our year-end chat with Robo. Yeah. And I was going to gift the players a dartboard, and he said, no, no, we've already got one. Oh. Because he's a big darts fan. Yeah. And then he said, tell you what, though, in the new year, in pre-season, we'll have a game of darts and the, the loser buys dinner. Yeah. Still never had that game of darts. So if Robo's listening to this, or if Nathan's listening to this, have a word with Robo because I still want my darts match with him. <laughs> so let's see if I can beat eight. I think you can. I have actually played darts on Sky Sports. Yeah. But that's a whole other story. It's a different way, too, to these darts. Well, yeah, because these, are, a little mag- bit these closer, are magnetic. You're a little bit closer to the board than I was. Okay, I'll go further back. There, that's about right. So for shot, that would be a four. That would be 11. So you've already beaten me. And, oh, triple 18. 18. 54, 58, 59, 69. I love a 69 on a Sunday. I love how the way you bring these games that only you play and you have the full advantage of winning them. Um, Essentially, nobody has a chance. Yes, true. (laughs) I really just wanted to play the theme song. I I, I was trying to, like, aim it, but you just whipped them at it. I guess it was uh, much better. So now we have the, the, the board up, and there is 10 different categories. People, places, sport, showbiz, affairs, history, books, words, Britain, and spelling. So I'm assuming this is going to be a, uh, English-based. Yeah, I guess it will be. Yeah. Yeah, so so that might give me a bit of an advantage. But we were going to do it with your <laughs> trivia. So yeah, 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 no problem. I, I've now been forced to bring the questions that we've got I in will, the pack. I will graciously lose this game for the enjoyment of others. So what I'll do is I will pick a category that I want. Yeah. I then throw a dart at the board. And you get points. And if I hit, like, say I pick sport. If I land in the yellow, I get 30 points. Yep. If I land in the red, I get 50. If I land in the black, 100. And if I get the bullseye, 200. Now, if I miss sport altogether, I don't get bonus points. But whatever category I land in, I get asked that question. Gotcha. So. I'll take some of them. Yep. You can just have that. Yeah. And I'll have these. So I'll, I'll go first. We just need one dart each for this. So I'm I'm going to try and go for spelling. Spelling, okay. And I've missed, so I'm in people. So I don't get any bonus points. But, but I, get... I, I can score 30 okay. if 
I get this question right about people. And your question is, I don't know why. So, okay. Which sporting event was Charlotte Brew the first woman to take part in? I'm going to say the Grand National. Yes, you're right. Woo, 30 points. And I would have had no idea with that question for me. Do you know what the Grand National is? No, no idea. <laughs> okay, your throw. Okay. Radio Gold. So since I aimed for that, I will go uh, sport. I don't have to give an amount, do I? No, no. Just the category. Gotcha. So if you hit anywhere in that Yeah, because when I threw it, the last my last throw was around there. And it hits sport. Oh, he hits it. 50 point bonus, so you're already in the lead. Oh, so I get the 50 points? Yeah, you get the 50 for oh, hitting that. Excellent. Um, so That's this, my only chance to do him to throw So this is for 30 again, because first round's 30, second round's 50, third round's 100. Okay. This is for pounds. Yeah. So you, I owe you 50 pounds already. Oh, we'll take it. So, for 30 more, your question is sport. How many laps are ridden in a speedway race? Okay, I'm assuming that's a car race. It's motorbikes. Motorbikes. You don't have speedway over here. Well, we we have motorbikes, but I don't think they. I, oh, I never speed, heard of speedways. Are fantastic. I never sport. heard them call speedways. So, ah. Um, I will say because it it is difficult to ride it. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it around fifty. Four. Only four. Yeah, it's a really short race. Oh, I know. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, you don't know what speedway is, so that doesn't help. Yeah. But you're in the lead, fifty to thirty. Like I said, my only chances are the darts. So your second shot. Okay, I'm going now. I'm going to go for showbiz. Oh, you missed the board. I'll throw again. Why do you get a mulligan? <laughs> sport. Sport. That category's gone, so I don't even get a question, because we already had a sport. Oh, so you don't yeah, even so get Yeah, so I shouldn't have got anything. I shouldn't have thrown again. So now you've got a great chance to extend your lead. Okay. Oh, so we can't pick the same category. No, I forgot to mention that. Oh, too. I didn't know that. Okay. Folk got confused last week with the trivia rules. They're going to they're gonna hate this. Oh, did they get confused last week? I don't know how. I thought it was pretty straightforward. Yeah. I so should have spoken what, slower. What are you going for? Okay, so I didn't know I could go forward. You can uh, go a bit closer as well. Oh, I was back here. It's uh, back here. I know. That's how uh, I keep missing. It's too far away. Um, I will go then. I will go Britain. Ooh. Oh, missed the board. I'll give you a throw since I had a second throw. Okay. I'll still go for Britain. Not, not that helped me. Damn it. Well, that hit books. Yeah. So you, you hit books, so it this is for 50 points. Your question on books. No. Scottish sailor Alexander Selkirk was the inspiration for which Daniel Defoe character? I have no idea who these people are. Okay. I honestly don't know. Uh, okay, he's a sailor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the only sailor I know is the... Of a book is Moby Dick. So I'm going to say Captain Ahab? No, Robinson Crusoe. Oh. So you after round two, you lead 50 to 30. So here's the last round in round one coming up. I'm going to go for spelling again, since I've never hit that yet. Oh, you hit it 50. 50 for spelling. Spelling? This is for 100. Oh, this is the third round? Yep. Oh, okay. Spell... Immediately. I-M-M-E-D-I-A-T-E-L-Y. I think that's right. I missed... I, 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 
I-M-M-E-D-I-A-T-E-L-Y. Yeah, you're right. Woo! So that's the 100 points. So you're, uh, you have 180. 180! There you go. So you're on 100. Yeah. So the question is for 100. So if you get the question right, I need, you, I need to you're going to win. I need to get at least... No, I won't win because I need to get at least 30, hit the 30 bonus. Well, no, because you're already on 100, are you not? Yeah. No, I'm on 50. Oh. I didn't get the answer right. No, you did. Okay. So I need to hit uh, 30, at least a 30 bonus in somewhere. Yes. Um... I'll go. So remember what categories have gone? Yeah, I'll go. Uh, showbiz hasn't gone, right? No, showbiz is still there. So I'll go showbiz, because that was kind of close to sport, and I hit sport. Oh damn it! I'll let you throw it. Because really, it makes no sense if I even. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you've missed the board, but I'll ask you your showbiz question. No point, I'm not going to win anyway. I know, but I'll still ask you. And it'll probably be English showbiz, so <laughs> it's not going to be a showbiz, I know. Oh, there's somebody out in the in the UBC area there, just a, a young girl who's working on her laptop, who must be listening to this that's getting broadcast throughout, thinking, what the hell are they playing in there? Anyway, here's your showbiz question. <laughs> Which of the Wombles... Shares his name with a South American river. South American. Amazon. Orinoco. <laughs> I have no idea. So, the, at the end of that round, and let's just say the game, because I'm pretty sure anyone listening to this at home is like, please end this. Yeah, I think I was, I'm, in, I'm in the boat with them. Because <laughs> they lost horribly, as usual. Okay, then. Well, we'll be back with more after this. Hey, I'm Brett Levi's, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Now, let's get back to some Whitecaps stuff. So we're going to continue our yearly review with a look at the month of August. Thirty-six crazy fists there with the end of August, but we're going to start at the beginning of August, and it was continuing our traditional road trip. We always seem to get a big batch of games. That's the end of July, start of August, that are on the road, and it's usually in hot places, places with altitude. We usually end up in Texas. We usually end up in Colorado. So we had the the game in Dallas to end July. August 5th took us to Colorado, one of the worst teams in the league. And after the high with our fringe lineup in Dallas, you go into that expecting that you were you were going to walk all over Colorado. Come away though with a 2-2 draw, getting back to the Whitecaps' great inconsistencies. Tony Chani got us ahead though with a low first time in the fifth minute. Only for Colorado to come back and then take the lead before Freddie Montero secured a point 14 minutes for time. Yeah. The most notable thing, though, about that game was that was the official debut of VAR. 
Yeah, it was, and um, I think there was an incident with VAR in that game. Um, well, there was a couple of goals disallowed, but I don't know if VAR was used not, for them or not. No, I can't remember now. Yeah, but uh, I, I actually remember that one being one of the better ref games as well. It was a young guy that I hadn't heard of before, and I, but it was it's a game where you didn't you expected them to do something because they're playing one of the worst teams, but in a way you're going to Colorado, which they've never really had that much success in except for early in the season. But it, again, another game where you wish they could have done a little bit more. Um, obviously, you're kind of happy you got the two, uh, the point, but you kind of want more and you wanted to get the, the full three. Yeah, I mean, it was a disappointing game, but usually if you go to Colorado and you come away with a point in August, you're, you're happy yeah, with it's, it. it's hot, it, it's high altitude. It just, just felt such a low, though, after yeah. that Dallas game. But after that, there was... A couple of transactions. yeah. Centre-back was particularly busy. Out went Christian Dean, heading off to Chicago. Great move for him, in theory. Obviously, he injured himself again. No, But, I mean, it was a great club for him to go to. They played on grass. You had high hopes that he was going to do well. But then he injures his foot again, and he's out. And you have to worry about his future. At this point, you do, because it just keeps happening way too often. And you're... It's a really shame because he's a great guy, um, and you're hoping that maybe he can, this is the last time it happens, and maybe he can turn it around. Yeah, I mean you're you're always hoping for that, but I think by the time it gets to, to this stage for him, yeah, y- you've just got to worry about his future. But all the best to Christian. He moved on. Arn Mond came in, yeah, and mixed results. Yeah, Great had high hopes for him, but yeah, mixed is a nice way of putting it. Yeah. He, he had a decent game and he had, he had a, a horrible first game, game and yeah. then he had a horrible second game. And we'll so talk we, about that later. We, we don't really know what we're going to get from him, but came in from RSL. He, I mean, he'd been an RSL player of the year. He's, he's obviously a good talent in the league. I wasn't sure that they would hold on to him, but they have. So right now he is the the third centre back behind Parker and Waston. Yeah, but he's a cheap release if they ever need to. Yeah. They, 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 I think he's they an could emergency. Trade him as well. He's an emergency thing where if they don't get the center backs they want, maybe David Edgar doesn't come back. That they need somebody in that spot. Well, they are still in talks with Edgar, yeah. and I, I feel that they should bring Edgar back for locker room presence. And, and, and by the time he gets his, uh, you know, he might take him a little while to get going and everything. By the time that happens, that's when Watson's going to go to the World Cup. Yeah. So you need that veteran presence presence on the back line. We need a, we need capable centre backs mm. for when Watson's away. We don't have to worry about Timmy Parker going with the States. Yeah, and you don't. And the thing is, you don't. Uh, Andrew, like obviously Andrew Jacobson's still a free agent. He had to fill in quite a few times this year, and you don't want to force him into that position again. Although I'm sure he appreciated the playing time, but. He'd rather play as a midfielder instead of a centre. He was excellent, though. Yeah, I, I, I really liked him as a centre back. He had, he had, uh, there were a couple goals here and there where it felt like he was playing it like a, a midfielder instead of playing it like a centre back. So he maybe doesn't have a lot of great mobility, but then yeah. so many centre backs don't. Yeah. So that was the, the centre backs in and out. And then the other big arrival, which spawned our Egyptian themed show, which yeah. was one of my favourites of the year. I loved that. Ali Ghazal, Ali the Pharaoh Ghazal, as we've now given him his Darton nickname. He arrived, and what a great addition. Love the guy. No, Ali G. Boyakasha. Yeah, and he's the guy that, like, I, I've said it before, I'm not a big fan of Matias Lava in that role um, as being the uh, the holding mid in front of the center back because he can uh, wander. Obviously, he's making tackles, but he can also expose the center backs. Ali Gazal sits in the spot. 
he 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 makes his tackles here and there. Like he made a couple of big tackles uh, going down uh, in the stretch of the season, but he sits there. He exp- he protects the center backs from any kind of midfielders coming up. He can pick them up. He can put. Pl- he actually can play center back if he if they need him to. Um, it's his like secondary position. So um, I think he's a he's a welcome addition, and I think uh, he, he, I think he'll really help with the defensive responsibilities going next year. I mean, it's, it's pretty certain that Gazal's going to be a, a regular starter. Yeah. It's, who's going to be with him? Will there be someone with him? Do, are the Whitecaps going to go for Robo's traditional 4-2-3-1? We looked at this a bit last week. Or he could go 4-1-3-2. Yeah. Or because you have one four one, which worked so well last yeah, year. Because you have confidence in, and also because they're bringing so many strikers, you're thinking maybe they play two strikers up yeah. top. Um, but the, the the fact that he can play in that spot by himself and not have... Well, that's what I like yeah. about him. You can trust him as that sole guy to, to be that one if they do go for a 4-1. And great addition. You can see the talent he's got. It's just a shame... In some ways, it's it's not because the White Cats won't lose him, but it's a shame that it's kind of fallen out with the Egyptian national team setup. Because it'd be great to see him over at the World Cup in Russia with with Egypt, but that isn't going to happen. Egypt's loss is obviously the the White Caps' gain. The next game for us was August twelfth, one 0 loss at New England in one of the more dreadful games of the season. It wasn't fun, no. No, that that was dire, dire, dire. Uh, it was the last of our three game road thing, and. We lost to a 53rd minute goal from the traitor. That's definitely his Darton nickname, Teal Burnbury. Teal the traitor, Burnbury. Yeah, but I think that that decision has come to haunt him because he's not coming. He's not going to ever play for yeah. US again. And he could have. He I don't, easily I'm not saying, could have been a Canadian international. I'm, I'm not saying he would have been a star with Canada, but he definitely would have helped. Um, and whether he's playing on the wing or he's playing down the middle and up top. Um, I, I think it would have helped. At, at this point, I don't know how much it would have helped even with Canada because you got Kyle Aaron who um, has scored more goals in MLS. Um, I think he might have scored more goals in MLS than Teal Bunbury at this point because Teal, while he scored a few goals, he never scored a, a, a big quantity of goals. I could be, I'll probably be proven wrong on that, but it seems like Kyle has scored more in his short amount of time. Yeah, I mean, Bunbury is a good striker. Decent striker. He was a good striker. He was yeah, a good yeah, striker. I, I, yeah, he's probably lost a, a bit now. The Caps nearly secured a point. The bug, Christian Teixeira, crashed a fantastic free kick off the bar with 20 minutes to go. They hit the bar a lot this year. Yeah. I, 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 I don't remember other years where they hit the bar that much. Yeah. Our set-piece play was fantastic, so just imagine how much more fantastic it would have been if we hadn't hit the bar so much. Yeah. It was a game to forget in a lot of ways, but the biggest story coming out of it was Matty Laba, ACL tearing his knee out till maybe April, May-ish yeah. next year. His last game as a white cap Possibly. by the looks of it. Yeah. And, and it also, big, big blow. A big blow. Um, I, like I said, I haven't been a fan of his, but I think he still has quality, um, just in a different role. I think if he played in, if once Gazal got up to snuff, that if he played in front of Gazal, then then I think I think he would have been uh, a better option for this. Uh, like I think he would have been a better option in front of Gazal instead of being behind. Like how he played with Chani uh, when Chani first came over. 
So I think I think that was a, a harsh, and also it hurts the Whitecaps too because there was a, a team in Argentina that was interested in Lava, yeah, and might have been might have been and and Lava thanked them too. Um, I think they they, they could have got a some kind of transfer fee out of that if they if they kept, if he was healthy. You know, I I wouldn't be surprised if no one signs him yeah. until his injury's cleared up. And then the Whitecaps possibly re-sign him once his injury's cleared up if they feel that they need him, depending on how the season's gone. Because that could be an option as well. Yeah, they could play. They could. It's sign a way them. for them to get a, a cheaper Laba, even just for a, a couple of months or to the exactly. end of the season, and no, saving sense. all this money just now. So let let's not rule out yet that we, that's the last that we've seen of Matty Laba in a Whitecaps jersey. I wouldn't be too sad though if we don't see him again because he was really up and down for me. He was when he was great. But when he was on form, he was great. But he was so inconsistent, and we went on so many times about how much it annoyed us when he he tracked back. Like yeah, he or didn't he, track back. He, he would like, and again, I don't want to speak ill will of him because he is was injured and it was uh, bad for him that he missed half the season. But he would jump forward and attack, and and maybe seven out of ten times, six out of ten times, he would get the tackle. But those four times he would miss that tackle. It felt like it took ages for him to track yeah. back and get in. Well, we, well, we started watching him and he would just yeah. saunter back. Yeah. But, the, but that was his running style, I think. Yeah. The, yeah. the other thing is, like, here's a question for you. Do you feel the Caps were worse after his injury? Or did you not even notice that he was missing from the team? Well, with with Gazal and, and where he played. And because at that point they had to put Chani back in the lineup, I think... I think I don't think they missed him. I don't think it was the worst injury. I think a guy like uh, Freddie Montero, if he got injured, or Yordi Rana got injured, or Kendall Watson got injured, I think that would have hurt more out of the top, their you know their core players. So uh, I I don't I think that's one of the players. Yeah, if he got injured because they had Gazal, even if Gazal hadn't shown up, I think with Chani and Jacobson, I think they could have still worked up uh, worked around it and, and still been effective. Yeah, but he was out after that game that. Cats bounced back, though, from that loss with a, a 2-1 win at home to Houston. Freddie and Reyna had the Caps 2-1 up at halftime. Goals pulled back by Houston in the second half. But that, that was really the start of Montero and Reyna clicking together. And they were a great partnership. I really liked what, what they did, what they brought. And they could have been so much more next season if they were both here. Who knows that neither of them might be here, but... Yeah, I mean, they just looked so good together. Then, August 23rd, a game which you thought could be maybe decisive in the season. Another Cascadian derby. one all draw at home with Seattle. Lodero, 19th minute penalty. Had Seattle in the lead. Then, Chani gets sent off on the hour mark, and you're thinking, ah, crap, that's it all over. one now down, down a man. But then four minutes later, after some great work by Alfonso Davies, sets up Freddie Montero, another goal against his old team, 1-1, stole a point. You're on a high because it's like that was a fantastic comeback to to get a point from Seattle. And and that's like one of the few flashes, though, that Alfonso showed. Like you said, a great play by him. His first MLS point as well. Yeah, so that that was like uh, what... You know, you saw what you can... Which you can get out of him in those positions, but unfortunately it was far and far and far between. But uh, yeah, Seattle game, 
you felt like they could have got more out of that too um because of the fact that they were they were coming off yeah the new england loss was earlier but that the houston game it was 2-1 but it was a um I think I thought a dominating performance. I think they really took it to Houston in that game. Yeah, de- definitely. But then the the month ended with a another, another win. surprise. Yeah. yeah. Well, not surprise because they seem to always win in Orlando. Well, yeah, but it was another weaker Whitecaps team. Exactly. That, that just like Dallas. Yeah, yeah, just like Dallas. Like you end July with a a weak team going to Dallas and winning. You end August with a weak team going to Orlando winning. An own goal had the Caps in the lead at half time. Then Breck Shea came back to haunt his old club before Kyle Larn uh, pulled one back. Didn't fall over, scored no. the goal. It was on the right side. Yeah. Robbo has been interested in Kyle Larn. He was a, a player that he feels he could bring the best out of in Vancouver. Larn seems to want to go over to Europe, so I yeah. don't know what's happening there. I don't and think Vancouver he's is Van- farther than you're in yeah. Europe than Norland. <laughs> I don't think he's coming to Vancouver now with the with the signings of Blundell and Kamara. But he was a player that Robo interest was interested in. Well, I remember in an earlier podcast before that draft, I I think we discussed it, Laren, and I said, you know, you deal Maddox, you deal your first rounder. You I say send a whole bunch of allocation money for Laren because he's a Canadian player and he's shown that he, I think he had a better college career than Maddox and I thought he ha, he had a better uh, pro potential than Maddox at that time too. Yeah. But I mean, that, that win, fantastic. Another win in Orlando. It should have set us up fantastically for September and then a big run into the postseason. Of course, things didn't work out that way. Yes, everybody out there, this time for Flash 5. And uh, this year, oh boy, I'm running out of, I'm forgetting what year this was. <laughs> 2016. Thank you very much. It's a 2016 year. Uh, we're counting down. We started with the 2017 year. We've done uh, top five for every year. And then uh, 2016 this year, we got two, one more year, and then we're going to do a all-time top five. So, um, no honorable mentions. So we're going to go right to number five. This happened on June 25th. Uh, they were in Philadelphia. 3-2 win. It was Kakuta Mane. Basically, uh, one of his goals, he took the ball it took the ball from the half. Basically, this, this is a ball, this is a goal that went from one box to the, uh, basically the other box, outside box. And he basically took the ball at the half, just raced past uh, uh, a Philadelphia Union defender, um, cut inside, and then scored... Back like towards the post he just passed, so it was it was a fantastic goal. Showed his speed, and the best part of that uh, that the highlight was the the mispronunciation uh, mispronunciation of Manny's name. And I you think like this, this is a professional, and he I think he was calling him um, Mena or something like that. So it was completely way off. Um, number four against RSL, July thirteenth, Kristen uh, Chichera. It was the second phrase of free kick. I think Bolaños had the initial free kick. It kind of got uh, bounced around. Came about the 35-yard mark. Um, but Tachera just basically took it one time, fired it, laser into the top corner. Uh, great goal. 
Number three, uh, Kakuta Mane, his second uh, appearance on here. Um, May 14th against TFC. This is the game, uh, Michael, you'll probably remember, uh, was the 4-3 game. Just back and forth. Two, two went up, two up. They were it was two yeah, two tie. Another fantastic game. Yeah, and so this in this one it was the seventieth minute. This is the one they scored to go up uh, after TFC came back from two two. They went up three two. The Vancouver did uh, took retook the lead. Uh, basically, cuts across the top of the box, stops almost in in, in a dead stop. Betashore basically blows a tire and just falls to the ground because he's thinking, man, he's going to keep going across the thing. And when he stops, he just falls, moves into the box, fires it past the keeper. And um, uh, took and eventually, like I said, it ended up being a four-three game. Number two, early early in the season, April twenty-first, Christian Bolanias. I think it was his first goal as a Whitecap. Uh, one nothing win over Sporting. This was off a corner. Uh, corner comes into the into the box. Christian Bolanias essentially kind of flicks it like with his back heel off a corner. And it basically went top corner, so uh, a really uh, spectacular goal there. But the number one goal, it's hard to uh, fight this one. This was May 11th. Um, they, ho- they were hosting Chicago Fire. This is the game, actually, that Kudo uh, took the, I think it was an elbow or something, to the, the head by the Chicago keeper. Uh, very scary situation. But later on in the game, I think it was 88th minute or something, uh, Blas Perez. The ball kind of gets, I think Kakuta Mane tries to shoot on the net. Ball gets knocked by the defender, goes up in the air. And Blasperez basically a uh, perfect bicycle kick um, into the into the side, uh, basically right by the post, and uh, puts up Chicago 2-1. Crowd goes crazy. Blasperez doesn't realize what he'd done until he got up. Oh, uh, the look in his face was It was shocked. It, it was yeah. like everybody was shocked at what happened. So it was a, a fantastic goal when it started very scary earlier in the night. Yeah, I mean, that that was our AFTN goal of the season. Yeah. And it's, it's one of my favourites. It, Just for it's, the, the the way the reaction yeah. was and everything. It, it, I'm, I was going to say it's kind of up there with Eric Hasley's, but it's probably not. But it, it was a, I love a bicycle kick. Yeah. And that and, was just an amazing And this, this was done at home. I would put it similar to what Camilo did against Portland. Uh, yeah. 2012 when he did that scorpion like uh, sidekick well of course we're going to be having all, all the winners ranked as well in, yeah. a, in a future Flash 5 but yeah I loved that goal that was, that was fantastic yeah definitely some great stuff um, so that was the Flash 5 there and our review for the month of August and we'll be back after this hey it's Marco Bustos you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show our regular section on food and takeout food has proved very popular. So we're returning to a Scottish favourite of ours, Gordon Forrest. If you've listened to some of our other segments with Gordon, you'll know he's a bit picky. Yeah, exactly. Asking questions about fish and chips, he doesn't eat seafood. Asking questions about tea and biscuits, he doesn't drink hot drinks. I don't think he has ice cream either, if I'm not mistaken. He did have ice cream, oh, he did. but okay. we haven't played okay. that yet. Okay. Um, but oh, spoiler alert. He, oh, but he does like takeout food. So now it's time for Gordon Forrest to take me out. Take me out! It's been a busy day. You you don't fancy doing any cooking. You don't fancy your wife doing any cooking. So you're going to get some takeout food. What would be your kind of takeout cuisine of choice? 
have a, a real nice place close to us in, in White, White Rock where I pick up some baked spaghetti. So spaghetti bolognese uh, type of dish that me and the, the wife do as a, as a takeaway of, of her choice. That's great. Thank you so much, Gordon. <laughs> Gordon Forrest there, liking a little bit of Italian and baggy ball. I don't think of that really as a takeout food, I have to say. No, yeah. It's, uh, well, you know, he doesn't like biscuits. He doesn't like hot drinks. doesn't like fish and chips. So and, so you got to expect the unexpected with him. That's true. Anyway, now it's time for BC Soccer Web Headlines. BC Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com, your one-stop site for local, national and international news and links. Make it a part of your everyday routine, morning and night. Check out bcsoccerweb.com. What's been catching your eye on the site this week, Steve? Well, it's uh, it's been uh, kind of a busy week. We talked about before... Uh, Welsh soccer had a face action for ruling out English coach. And so uh, he's going to be investigated whether that was discriminatory or not. AFC Wimbledon, given permission to build a new ground at Plough Lane. Now, I include this because of your uh, connection with them. Yeah, I mean, it had already kind of been, like, given the green light, but they, they got the section formal form that they needed through. So the, the plan is going ahead. The new stadium's going to be built. The plans look fantastic. They are in a relegation dogfight just now because the problem with being a fan-owned team is you don't have as much money as a lot of the other teams in the division. So they have been struggling a little bit, thumped by Wigan at the weekend. But So hopefully they're, they're not going to have this new stadium when they're a lower league team again. But we'll see what happens. Another uh, uh, soccer, another statue uh, fiasco. Um, these they, these people that make these statues, it doesn't seem like they really know what they're doing. Uh, Diego Maradona's current statue is getting roasted online. It kind of looks nothing like him, and it looks almost like a cartoon character. So, um, <laughs> very hilarious. There was a, a good meme or a photo doing the rounds of Ronaldo's statue and Maradona's yeah, statue no, together. R- it's like... R- Ronaldo's is worse, yeah. for sure. This one wasn't that great either. I, I like when they get commissioned. What, what on earth? Like when, get a sample. Yeah, we get get them to make a smaller version. When it gets shown to them, I'd love to see their faces when it gets unveiled. It's like this is what I came up with. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, who's that? Um, uh, the Socceroos obviously are looking for a coach. Uh, one rumored and and actually it's not even rumored. He said he's interested. Scolari, the former Spanish coach, uh, says he's interested in taking on the job, at least for the World Cup. Well, the fact that they're going to the World Cup is going to attract some some good coaching yeah. candidates. So they've got that big big advantage. Even if it's a short term thing, yeah. it's, it's good exposure for whoever coaches them. Uh, <laughs> talking about uh, football violence month, uh, Serbia, uh, twenty six people arrested after massive soccer fan brawl. Um, it was Red Star and Partizan. 
in, in Belgrade. Yes. My, my my complex manager is a massive Red Star Belgrade fan. He's yeah. from Serbia, yeah. and we chat about stuff all the time. So I need to catch up with him next week and see what he says about that. Yeah, and, and it's the thing is, this uh, Serbia I think has qualified for the World Cup. So yeah, they have. A lot of these guys are going to be probably going over to yes. Russia as well. So. Yeah, together as well. Yeah. That's the thing. But they all they always put their animosity aside when they're when they're doing stuff. That was odd. Our door closed. Our honestly. door closed and switched our light off in the studio at the yeah. same time. Someone doesn't like football violence when it's Zach sending his vibes to the studio. Uh, a couple of stories from uh, U.S. soccer. First of all, the for the NASL. Um, this I, I don't know if this has been updated. It was going to happen Friday, but three judges are going to hear the arguments that could decide NASL's fate. This is kind of the uh, U.S. Court of Appeals, and this is almost NASL's last chance. Yeah, I don't see hasn't anything. hasn't had a final answer yet. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It, sometimes it takes weeks for them to decide. Um, I don't think anything's going to come of it because they, what they have to do is they have to prove not the case itself, but something went wrong with the case and how it was decided, and that's very hard to do in this case. Yeah, I... You, you want them to succeed, but I just cannot see any way that this is going to work. Then you have to wonder what's going to happen to these clubs that were meant to be part of it next year. Uh, true, so true. Um, uh, the U.S. Soccer Federation has uh, got eight nominations. They include uh, former U.S. national team player Paul Klugery, uh, the United uh, Soccer, Soccer United marketing president Kathy Carter, vice hey. president, the USSF vice president Carlos Cordero, hey. Boston-based attorney Steve Gantz, Eh. Uh, Paul Lapointe, the uh, United Premier Soccer League Regional Director, former MLS player and follower of mine on Twitter, uh, Kyle Martino, he's got my vote, (laughs) Uh, former (laughs) women's national team star, Hope Solo. We want hope. We want hope. Lawyer and former professional player, Michael Winograd. Winograd, sorry. And former uh, national standout and TV analyst, Eric Winalda. Those I'd are like the eight that, guys. I think he'd be interesting. Yeah, he, he wasn't he the coach of the team, the that lower league team that made it Did all the well way in the US yeah. Open Cup. Yeah, I forget their name, but yeah, a be- I like a Eric Ronaldo, and he gets a bit of stick on, online. But I, I like the guy. Yeah. I'd be happy if it was him or Carl Martino. Yeah, or and with this news, they are gonna, they're gonna, they also announced that they're gonna revamp the president's role. They're actually gonna put a general manager position in there. So it'll be interesting to see what this new person's oh. gonna be in charge of. Yeah, you should send Kyle a DM. Say oh. you're interested. Yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe Send one of the DM get him on the show. One, maybe one of these guys will be um, uh, like instead of being the president, they'll be the GM. So they kind of be. They want, there's two of these guys or something like that. I'm still rooting for hope. Okay, um, MLS news. Uh, we talked to a couple of them. The impact story with uh, Asimon, um, Atlanta story with uh, Darlington Nagby, USL Austin franchise, which was gonna happen. Um, it's kind of hitting a make or break point um, as the MLS talks are delayed. Essentially, I think this was going to be a, a, a team that they were going to put in so that they can kind of work their way up the way Cincinnati is in the league and Nashville. So they can kind of, but it's kind of um, at a delay point right now. And the city council has kind of put off the discussion uh, the, the, and, and regarding the, the MLS move. So it's kind of uh, kind of put a, a question marks about the uh, USL franchise as well. So it'll be interesting to see how that works. Yeah, everything's a fluid situation at this point. So that's maybe a glimmer of hope for Columbus. North American soccer is just like in such a mess in a lot of ways just now. Uh, FIFA news, uh, a lot of news here. <laughs> Talking uh, of things that's always in a mess. 
a lot of stuff going on. There's this thing. There's proof that um, there are links with the FIFA ethics box with um, other people in the television uh, market because um, there was it was basically closing arguments in the case itself. Um, the prosecutors outlined eleven plus million dollars in bribes, uh, but the def- the defendants, the not the defendants, but the attorneys for the defendants, they were asking for the paper trail. And um, essentially, they're, the f- defendants' whole case is that, you know, they're, they're just having a witch hunt and they just think everybody's corrupt. But uh, FIFA has su- suspended Brazilian soccer president Marco Polo del Nero. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how that th- that all shakes down. Um, obviously, like I said, the closing arguments that happened this year, who knows how long the judge could take to decide this. It's, yeah, yeah like... You want it to have a, a good resolution. Yeah. I didn't, from little bits that's come out, it's hard to see that it won't be a good resolution. But will, any, will it matter? Will anything Will it really affect anything at the top? FIFA? Yeah. That, all, that's the thing. All they're doing is just brushing away some of the old people and then bringing yeah. in some new people. Will, will there be effective change at all? Um, one thing FIFA did do is they banned Colombian midfielder uh, Cardona for five games um, for the inappropriate gesture against, I think it was South Korea. Um, that he was um, kind of making uh, like like kind of squinting his eyes or, or kind yeah, of using his fingers, sl- slanty eyes, slanty eyes. Yeah. And his comment after uh, basically to apologize was um, he didn't mean to dis- disrespect anyone, a country or a race. But if anyone felt offended or interpreted in in that way, I am sorry. So basically, he's uh, uh, a Paul. It's a, a non-apology apology where he's basically saying, "Oh, if you're offended, I'm sorry, but really, it wasn't meant to be that." But how would how I, do you expect it to be meant? I know <laughs> there's only one way you can take it. It's, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it, it's baffling. There's no other way you could take it. At least he didn't go for the. Oh, I had something in my eye, or the sun was like hitting me, and I was just trying to squint to see. That'd have been worse. Yeah, but this isn't much better. Yeah. Um. Some news for in Canada. Uh. You talked about earlier about um, how Alfonso Davies won U17 Player of the Year. Obviously, there was uh, Jordan Hitema too, as well uh, won the uh, the girls' side, the women's side, U17. And then for U20s, it was uh, Jesse Fleming and it was uh, Chris uh, Twardek, uh, who is actually, he switched over. He used to be a Czech player. He was playing for the Czech youth uh, leagues. Um, he switched over recently to back to Canada. He's born in Canada. Because I'll and, be honest, I'd never heard of him. Yeah, and he, I think he plays for Millwall in, uh, in, in, in the UK. So and he hasn't had that many games. But When I saw the name in the, the email, I was like, who? Yeah, I, I didn't know either. I had to look him up and I saw that he was switched over. So obviously uh, U20 and U17 are voted mostly, by, I think, a majority by the coaches. Yeah, so it's more than get, what they see. Media only get a vote in the men and the women. And and, and that's senior. where we're going to go next. Um, Atiba Hutchinson won the sixth uh, men's player of the year. Uh, I voted for him. I did as well. I, my votes were Atiba, Scott Arfield, and I voted. I gave Alfonso Davies the third place vote. Oh, I because of his performance at the at the Gold Cup. I had a Tiba number one, yeah. Uh, Milan number two, and I had Scotty oh. Arfield as number three. Milan would have been a good a good vote. I thought I'd give Alfonso a vote here, third place. I, I thought I'd give Scotty a vote because he's Scottish. Well, I gave him second place. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so, so I, I voted him higher. Um, uh, Kadisha Buchanan won the women's. Her second. 
basically, uh, little. Well, it's the second time she's won, so she's kind of not. It's not like it's not like she's upsetting Christine Sinclair because she's won it before. Yeah. Um, she actually was part of Olympic Lyon's uh, team, um, who won uh, the treble for the women. As was or as is Alex Morgan, yeah, who was just voted tonight Concacaf Women Player of the Year. Yeah. Well, I uh, yeah, well, uh, uh, I think I can't remember who I voted for the Concacaf Women's Player. I, oh, it must. I have been, didn't even. Vote I think it's Christine Sinclair. Uh, but um, I voted Kadisha. Um, I think I've I voted Christine Sinclair. I can't remember who I voted third though. I had Sinclair as number one. Yeah, because I didn't know that about Buchanan. Um, I think I had. You got to do more research. I know. It? I think I had Jesse Fleming as number two. I think maybe and Fleming Jordan was as number three. I think Fleming was my number three, if I'm not mistaken. But I can't remember. I honestly can't remember that one. Um, and then finally, uh, a couple of stories here. Um, Zambrano says there's going to be major changes yeah. for Canada. And it was, it, was, uh, it was reported by Steve Sandor. Um, and I think what he's talking about is he just it, – it's going to be an advancement of what he started. Because he didn't want to um, – he didn't want to make too many changes, but he wants to increase the talent pool. And that tells me that he's going to really recruit – players and, and bring up a lot of young players into the uh, the first team for the national squad. Um, this is the time to do it. Yeah, Because for sure. it's a couple of years till the next campaign starts. Get these guys minutes now with a new league format that's coming up for friendlies. Just go young. It's, it's the only way the game's going to grow. And maybe it's a long-term plan. Maybe they're looking towards 2026 more than even 2022. And also, he's going to in, in, increase his uh, scouting uh, within Canada. So in the past, usually there was three scouts across, spread across the country. Now, those three scouts are going to be considered, like uh, as Steve Sanders says, super scouts. And he's going to have scouts below them uh, reporting to them. So it's going to be more eyes on the on the players that are coming on. And I think that's you have to do that in a country like this to kind of get more eyes because you get – Players that are on, like, say, for example, the Whitecaps uh, residency, but there are players that are, you know, that Whitecaps might have missed. Um, oh, and, and, totally, yeah. And, and it's it's possible. So, and, and he's saying that we need 50 players, we need 100 players, we need more players. That was his quote. We just need more players to kind of bring everybody up. So, like like before, I think Robbo said it before during the midseason, he needs more competition. Competition breeds uh, uh, better players because players want to play better. So, uh, like I said, I think he's going to be bringing more junior players into the first national team. And I think there's going to be a number of changes. So, I recommend reading that article for sure. And um, last article from CTV, um, Candace part of the United 2026 is much about the eight-year runway. So, basically what they're saying is that it's kind of like the the eight-year kind of a path to that 2026 World Cup. So, they can develop the players and be competitive I like they obviously haven't want to um, com- uh, qualify for the 2022 World Cup, but this is really to make so they can kind of put a stamp on their um, on their federation yeah. for 2026 because that's going to because they're going to qualify automatically. It should be yeah, but especially with so many teams being in that, that one. So yeah, I mean they're definitely back in it first time for 40 years, and they they won't have a good account of themselves. There's going to be nothing more embarrassing than being the host country and then. Not only just going out in the, at the first phase, but going out limply as well. So you want to win games. So, like, like I just said for the last piece, it's like all about building up to that that twenty twenty six. 
it might mean writing off the, the 2022 campaign in a way just so that you can get these guys ready. And I, I think that's a good thing. But that is BC Soccer Web headlines for this week. Check out the site bcsoccerweb.com. As we said, your one-stop site for local, national and international news and links. Been very happy to partner with bcsoccerweb.com this year. Looking forward to more in 2018. This, though, is not our last podcast of 2017. We have two more to come. We've got one on New Year's Eve, but that's just going to be a kind of best-of interview special. But next Sunday... Put this in your calendar. Weather permitting. <laughs> it, it's going to be nice. There's no snow by the looks of it. So well, we, we're well, going to be anything here. is possible, it could change. But we're, we're going to have our special Christmas Eve extravaganza. We are taking over the airwaves of CITR radio from 9 o'clock on Christmas Eve night all the way through to after midnight. Yep. We've got a lot of fun in store. We're going to play some Christmas-themed games. Yeah. We're going to be tracking Santa. We'll be letting you know where he arrives when he's going to be coming to Vancouver and elsewhere in the Lower Mainland. We're going to have some White Cats players talking about what Christmas is like in their household. We're going to have some White Cats players picking their favourite Christmas songs as well. Yeah. Not carols, but actual proper music by, by Pop bands. music, Pop rock. music, rock. Well, yeah. Even country, maybe. Yeah. A little bit of that thrown in. So some of the White Cats players are picking that. We're also going to play some of my favourite Christmas music. Um, we're going to have some of the, our wavelength favourites, Sultans of Ping, Half Man, Half Biscuit, I Ludacris, Goldie Look and Chain, lots of these guys coming up. And some good music too. Let's not... Like, is it, oh yeah. We'll Sarah, good music Sarah Chick well. Ling that does our theme song. We're going to play some Christmas stuff from her. Um, we'll get our, our hosts as I'll, well. To, I'll be to picking pick some of my favourite songs, yeah. What, what we're looking to do, we're going to do it in two parts. Where The first part is just going to be all Christmas music. So we're going to do that from from 9, maybe to 10, to 10.30. We'll see how how things go. Especially when I show up. Yeah. And then after that, <laughs> we'll, we'll have some of the more Whitecaps-related stuff. Because my kids, when they found out I was coming here on Christmas Eve, they were kind of disappointed. So I said, okay. Bring them along. Oh, I don't think, I know, I don't want to bring them along. Well, Zach's not going to be here. Because no, they should be in bed by 4.12 before Santa shows oh, up. So they have to be in bed. What better way to spend Christmas Eve that, than with us? Yeah. So tune in to that from 9 o'clock next Sunday. And that is it for this episode of the show. I've been Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read our stuff on AFTN.ca. Follow us on Instagram at AFTN Soccer. And I'm Steve Pander. You can follow me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. And we'll be back next week with our Christmas Eve extravaganza. Until then, thanks for listening. Take care. And mon the caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. <laughs>